Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am excited as always because today we have another really amazing entrepreneur on the show. Her name is Jackie, and her podcast is called the No Problem Parenting Podcast, and her business is Hello World. She is a parenting coach. Jackie, thanks for coming on the show today. Super excited to have you on. Hey, Chris, it's fun to be here. It's fun to be on this end of the podcasting world. Yeah, I know we were talking a little bit before that you have a podcast as well. Before we get into that, which I do want to talk about a little bit, why don't you just tell the audience exactly who you are, what you do, and how you got started in it? All right. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. so I'm Jackie Finneman. I always say it rhymes with cinnamon, but I'm a Spice Girl. Midwest Minnesotan from a family of five, but a larger family. I'm one of 100 first cousins. I have, ever since I was a young girl, I've had just a love and a passion for helping people, especially kids and their parents. I was babysitter of the year, probably 10 years running. And, and I loved it. I loved playing mom and thought I would have a large family. My husband and I have been together about just over 30 years, married 26. And we have one child who's soon to leave the nest. My life didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to. But one really cool thing that happened shortly after college was that even before I finished my degree, I ended up landing a job as a skills counselor or mental health practitioner for a nonprofit agency where we worked with kids who had mental health diagnoses. And I was like, super thrilled to get the job, which I probably should have finished my degree. But I quickly learned that my passion for helping kids who had attachment disorder or reactive attachment disorder, my professors at college couldn't teach me about that. So I ended up doing a lot of self-study, hands-on learning, going out to therapeutic treatment homes, shadowing clinical psychologists and sitting in on their therapy sessions or watching the therapy sessions via one-way mirrors and just learning how to help the parents understand and their child's diagnosis of reactive attachment disorder, and then also to help them in their day in and day out struggles within their home. But I was super grateful to get that counseling gig and ended up staying at the agency for 20 years. Actually thought I would retire there with 50 years at the company because I was like 22 when I got hired and I figured working for a nonprofit, I'd probably work, be working mm -hmm. until I was like at least 72 years old. And even after the first 10 years, I started getting a little antsy and wanting more than what I was doing. And my directors started putting me in positions of leadership, doing some coordination, program coordination, team building stuff. And, and then, so really the last eight years at the agency, I became a program coordinator for over 80 therapists and counselors, even though I still was never licensed as a therapist. Did a lot of programming. We started up early childhood mental health programs in Reach Up Head Start and schools and that kind of thing. And I did that for that last eight years, but I was working my can off. And our son, 
was about seven years old when I just started to feel the drain and the strain of not being around him enough. So I started to attend some leadership conferences and, and things with a different lens. Like, how would I start my own company or where else would I go? What else could I do? Also, the system was changing. And in order for me to help kids and their parents, kids had to have a diagnosis. So that was eaten away at me. And I go into the whole story about how I had the courage to leave my 20 year third from the top, as people say, right? I was not at the top, but I was darn close. But how would I have the courage to do that? What would I do? I had no business background. Sure, I was a leader. I was a program coordinator. I handled lots of HR things I hired and I fired, but I had a team. I had other people that wore those hats and I'll boil it down for you. It was basically at a leadership conference that I had attended. There was a song during the intermission with 16 silhouette dancers, kids ages zero to 16, performing to this song called Hello World. It was just this most beautiful thing between the song touching my heart. And at the end of that intermission, host of the conference handed out a slip of paper and she said, write down three goals that you hope to accomplish after leaving this leadership event. And I wrote a personal goal and then I wrote a professional goal. And then my third goal was someday when I have the courage, I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to call it Hello World. And its mission is going to be awakening family attachment. And a year and a half later, that's exactly what I did. That's a really great origin story. And every good company needs one. That's really amazing. And yeah, when you are being called to do something, you can ignore it for some time, but the universe makes it really obvious to you until it starts like smacking you in the face with signs and you're like, okay, I better pay attention now. So there were signs. Really what it came down to is just trusting my intuition and my gut and being like, do I want to be with my kid? and have this life and this and do something I love? Or am I going to be miserable and not be with my kid and just do it for the money? And so I had to make a decision. Sometimes all the inspiration in the world isn't going to matter. You just at some point have to make the decision and do it imperfectly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The decision to do it is really what kicks everything off because until you make that decision, you can always look for a way out. But once you decide you're moving forward, no matter what, then you have to make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now tell me about the transition from the job that you had and into the world of coaching. Obviously there's a lot of carryover and what you were already doing into what you do now, but what were maybe some of the things that you weren't prepared for or that surprised you as you moved into working for yourself? First of all, people said nobody will pay for parent coaching. And I was like, there's a challenge because I think <laughs> they, I think that people will pay. I think people are paying for therapy and they're paying for counseling, even though their insurance may cover most of it, they're still paying for some of it. So that was the first thing is getting over that hump of people saying nobody's going to pay for what you're selling. I'm Bucky. I'm stubborn. I'm an Aries. I think that comes with the territory. And so I had to get creative and I had to market myself a lot and get out there. And then I also had to decide what kind of parent coaching. Back in the early days of Hello World, I had a niche, which was serving families with children who had reactive attachment disorder, because I'm darn good at that. I totally understand the diagnosis, which is when a child has not bonded or connected to their primary caregiver in the first three years of life. So like the severe end of that spectrum is Charles Manson, who was Mm -hmm. raised in 25 foster homes by age 10. How could he develop a conscience? The 
very opposite end of that spectrum as a child who's super clingy and doesn't want to leave their parent. But that was my niche. But those families are really tough to work with because I'm intuitive and I'm empathetic. Like I carry the weight of a lot of the people's pain and stuff on my shoulders. Not so much anymore, but I didn't, I did a lot more back then. So it was like, oh my gosh, I was getting these families and I was doing well with my business, but it was becoming, that was becoming too much, just really hard. And then you're managing all the other hats, which I was not a great bookkeeper. The money would come in and the money would go out. And I wasn't very good at tracking it. Even though I had my little fancy business spreadsheets and I knew what I should be doing, I wasn't super good at it. And so tip number one, get somebody to manage your budget. Even if it's a volunteer person that's going to look over your numbers with you and that's going to help you plan, it will keep you motivated and it will keep you feeling good. There's the pay yourself first model. That's great to pay yourself first as long as you have enough left over to pay whatever other bills you have for the business. That's the first thing. And then and then the other thing I would say is don't spend your money on all the coaches that are going to get sell you the coaching programs that are going to next level your company. Get a good solid foundation with the free resources that are out there for you. And I would suggest don't even hire an actual business coach until you are at least at six figures. A lot of people tell you the exact opposite, especially nowadays. They'll say, no, you need that coach who's going to help you get to the six figures. And that was that has not been my experience or was not my experience, as le- at least not paying for a coach that's going to get me to six figures. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, I think, too, very different for everyone and very different depending on what business you're in. Everybody's model is different. Yeah. I should have put a prerequisite in there. If you're in a business that is going to make people money, like you're selling something that's actually going to benefit their pocketbook, that's a different story. I'm in a helping profession. I'm in a service profession. And most of your business coaches aren't going to be able to get your those particular kind of clients in the door. It's, um, I think, a more challenging thing to translate for sure. Yeah. 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 That's what I would say about that. But I, I very much believe in coaching. I've had one every year of my business. So that sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. It's how much you invest in a coach that you need to be careful for. If your budget can't sustain it and you're working with a coach and you're telling that coach where your budget's at or where your income is at, and they're not picking up on, oh, hey, wait, you're paying me this amount of money and you're not even barely bringing that amount of money in. That's a big warning flag that the business coach that you're working with is really probably just working with you for the money. Yeah, I mean, you you need to make sure that any investment you make that you can A, only invest what you can afford to lose and that B, you're doing it in a sustainable way. Just like you wouldn't take every dollar you make and throw it into the stock market, you shouldn't right. take every dollar you make and throw it into coaching. I've got a joke with my girlfriend that one day I'm going to make the coaching program to end all coaching programs and I'll just teach coaches how to save money by not investing in more coaching. Oh, that's brilliant. I would totally sign up for that. See, everybody would. Yeah. And honestly, I think when you're small, you get those, that shiny object syndrome. Like you think, oh, this person is going to help me level up my company or 10 X my company or do whatever. That's all great. And they probably could and will, but you may not be ready for that level yet. You have to really know what you're doing. Like you can't be looking at other, for other people to define that for you. 
I guess that's what I would say. The amount of skill and different know-how you need to take a company like from zero to six figures, from six figures to millions, from multi-millions to billions is a different set every time. And if you are at step A in the process and you go to somebody who's at step F to get their advice, some of it will work and some of it will be helpful. But if you don't know everything in between, it can very easily confuse you. That's exactly what I'm trying to say if it's not coming out right. In your business, you need people who are going to help you with those really basic things. And sometimes you can be in your business for five years and people assume you know all that already because otherwise, how would you be around for five years? I think a lot of people don't. I ran several businesses that I started and failed at before I realized that I should even be getting business coaching. So you can be good at the thing that you do that brings money into your business and not be great at business. But it's I like to think of it like when you get somebody started in a yoga practice, right? There are all of these advanced moves that you can eventually work somebody to get to, but you have to meet them wherever they're at. If they can barely touch their toes, you're not about to get them into a lotus position, nor would it be good for them to try. So exactly. it's just about finding where people are and helping them there. I totally agree. So number one, I would say get a good budget, a good accounting person or find some sort of financial planner. If you can't afford to pay somebody to do the, but like somebody that's really going to help you with your budget and your planning and your predictions and all of that. And then number two is to have that support, but just not beyond what you can actually afford for that support. So definitely have a coach or have a confident because being an entrepreneur is quite lonely, to be honest. That's true too. Yep. It sure can be. That was my biggest adjustment, leaving the 20 year job having that team, even though I didn't even realize until I left how much I relied on them, mm -hmm. not for the actual work I did, but for all those other hats that I didn't know how to wear. Yeah. You don't realize the support system you have until it's not underneath you anymore. And you have to start to build it all on the fly for yourself. Yep. For sure. Now, what is your biggest financial challenge in your business right now, Jack? For the one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's the ebb and flow of the clients and knowing the schedule and figuring out like how do you, you spend you can spend a lot of time on the marketing and getting new clients in and then managing those the schedule of those clients at the same time growing and shifting gears in the company and that's where I'm at right now moving from just the one-on-one -on -one coaching to the one-to-many approach through the podcasting the speaking and the events and that transition is really draining because you need the one-on-ones for the regular income, but you need the time to be able to learn how to do all these other things or to put the effort in content creation or practicing your material or putting all the marketing together and the sales and calling and finding the places where you can do your pre presenting or speaking or get doing the podcast recordings and all that. All of that takes time and it's not necessarily bringing in income when you're doing that. Making that shift right now is the biggest challenge for me. And then figuring out how do I supplement the income? Cause I can only do so many clients a week. Right. Well, and then having the other, it's okay, wait, I just went back to 70 hours a week. How did that happen? It happens real easily, especially when you take on new projects that have so much work that needs to be done in the background behind them. Do you have any like VAs working with you right now? Do you have a team under you or are you just doing it by yourself? Yeah. First time ever last year, I finally decided, okay, I needed an assistant because I was not, my time was not best spent putting together the social media posts and uploading the podcast and updating the website or putting together the newsletter. I had to do the content, but I didn't have to format it. So finally last year, that was literally a game changer for me is hiring the assistant. 
Yeah, it is for so many people. And there's a lot of resistance at first because there's a lot that's tied up in hiring people. I Now I have to spend more money. Are they going to be a good fit? What happens if they're not a good fit? And I end up having to do all the work myself anyway. And so it often takes a long time for people to get over that hump. And then what you find almost without exception is when an entrepreneur does do that, they're finally like, oh my God, I wish I'd done that sooner. Like yeah. my life is so much easier now. I can focus on what I need to. And yeah, it's definitely a big game changer. Yeah. And that exact thing happened. I hired a person and within a month it didn't go well. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. It took all this time because when you're onboarding somebody and you need to explain what you want them to do and how you want it to look and what that all takes time to train that person to bring them on. And I just thought we got him where he needed to be. And then the rug kind of got pulled out from under my feet. And it was like, I knew it. I knew it. So this is why I do things myself. And this is why I don't trust and why I'm not hiring. And it was like, like, okay, I'm already, I've already experienced for six weeks, you know, what this person could do, an assistant could do for me. I want that. I know I want that. So suck it up and train another person. I got to give it another shot. And so I did. And now she's been with me for just about a year. Now I'm at another level where it's okay. What's next? Do I keep her on and add another part-time person? More likely right now, what we're doing is adding marketing and sales and keeping the assistant for the doing, the doing stuff, but the marketing person to to really grow it. Very cool. What does financial freedom look like to you? If you were making all the money you ever needed in your business, you could step away from it whenever you wanted and spend your time however you like. What would you do with your time? Oh my gosh. First and foremost, my husband, he's got some employees, but to be able to hire a replacement for him because he would never want to leave his job, his businesses or anything, but to have the freedom to not worry about having to be there. I would love to be able to support him that he wouldn't, he could just go to work whenever he wanted and didn't need a paycheck. That's financial freedom to me. In addition, since our son is growing and leaving the nest this year, so to speak, being able to just go wherever he's playing, he's a hockey player, but if he's off to college somewhere, whatever he's doing, being able to have the freedom and flexibility to just go hang out with him as a family, just the three of us, we love being around each other and hanging out with each other, but just taking that time. But then also to be able to create, I have so much content and stories and things that I've jotted down or put in a file cabinet somewhere. I have lots of books in me. I have all these things that there just isn't the time to be able to do. And my heart is with people and for making people feel seen, heard, validated, acknowledged, accepted. And I have so much content that can help to do that for others that I would just love that freedom to do more of that and not have to worry about getting paid for everything I did, that I would just be able to freely do it whenever I felt like it and not have to worry about a budget. That's great. I'm loving that vision. Now, do you have a plan right now that you are using to work towards financial freedom or what does that look like for you? Yeah, I do. So we're shifting and expanding expanding, like I said, the company a little. One of the ways that we're doing that is I love supporting families. I give for the last nine years of my company, I give probably about half, if, if not more of the money I bring in goes right back out into serving more families and helping more families. I basically take enough to pay my bills and sometimes not even that and I'm putting it back into to helping people. So what I'm looking for, I know there's other people out there like me. There are people that want to help kids and parents and, and they want to give, they just don't know how they don't have the experience and the knowledge that I do, but they would love to support that. And for somebody else to be able to do that for another person. So we've put together sponsorships where private 
investors, private donors, or companies can sponsor No Problem Parenting. And we've created a foundation actually that's just up and running so that people that do want that as a tax write-off have that option. They can donate to the No Problem Parenting Foundation or businesses that want to join our mission and they want to sponsor their company. They have a family-friendly company or a product or a service that helps support kids and families or makes their life better in some way. They can reach out to us and we will advertise them on the podcast, on our virtual events. We have roundtable events and in-person events, as well as the speaking gigs and speaking opportunities. So yeah, so that's one of the ways that we're going to grow the mission. And it, it was uncomfortable for me at first because I'm like, you mean I just want people to pay me so that I can work? And it's no, I want people to help support my mission to do the things that they wish they could do. One of my favorite things is to have a kid throwing an absolute meltdown in the middle of a grocery store or church or a school or a teenager that's cussing like a sailor and they're not doing anything. Those are my people. Those are my, those are the experiences and the situations I absolutely love to help parents with. I used to like to just do that with the kids myself because I can help. But after a while, I learned once I'm gone, they just go back to it. So now I teach parents how to manage those behaviors, how to handle those behaviors, how to diffuse those behaviors and or how to still just be that confident parent that I say kids crave us to be. So we don't freak out when our kids are freaking out. And I know there's people that would love to support that. That's not their, they don't want a kid F-bombing at them all day long. They don't want to hear about the mom who's super stressed out with the behavior problems of their kids, but they sure wish that mom would feel better so they could hang out with her again and be a friend to her again without all her drama. And I'm just, I'm all in for the drama. Awesome, Jackie. It sounds like some really amazing and important work that you're doing. It's been really great to have the chance to talk to you today. You had a lot of valuable insights for myself and for the audience. So a really great episode, I'm sure. Now for anybody who wants to find out more about you and what you do and to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? The best way is the website, noproblemparents.com. Everything's on there, the book, the podcast, the resources. It's just, it's a one-stop shop. There's a contact form. You can reach out, connect with me, book a call with me just to learn more about the company and our mission or to get some parenting support. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much again for coming on today. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Chris, this has been great. Thanks so much. It was a fun interview and I look forward to listening to more of your episodes for sure. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. And if you're listening out there and you've enjoyed the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. You can leave us one of those great five-star reviews. And if you happen to be an online entrepreneur and you want to come on just like our amazing guest Jackie did today so that you can share with my listeners your valuable insights and some of the things you've learned on your business journey, please go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. We will see you all next time. John, thanks again. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider 
the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also gonna get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers, lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.